the school system is clearly being impacted by COVID-19. And joining me on the phone now is BC Education Minister Rob Fleming. Rob, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. So, Rob, like, how are things right now, just from an overall standpoint, when it comes to education across the province? I mean, clearly, crazy times here. You know, everyone's going home. I know teachers at SD73 are now being sent home to work for good. Uh, students obviously not coming into class. I mean, how, how trying has this been to kind of work through? I mean, a lot of chaos going on and, and still trying to maintain some semblance of an actual school system. Yeah, I mean, we are in this uh, bizarre situation where we are trying to create a brand new alternate system of delivering education in the province of BC, probably one that nobody would advise to do because there's no substitute for in-class instruction and we have, you know, billions of dollars of of, of assets in a a constellation of of schools that are based in communities and uh, right around BC, but it is where where we are where we are and... uh, this is necessary to fight the pandemic. And um, I have to say what we're seeing is teachers, support staff, administrators, uh, everybody who works in the school system stepping up to make sure that uh, we do this as well as we can and that we meaningfully engage kids. We don't know how long school will be disrupted for, but it could be some time now. And, uh, and it's really important for every family, every child that, you know, they continue to learn and, and we want to offer a program that uh, will allow that in some form at, at an age-appropriate level, no matter what uh, grade level your child is in. What What is the message right now for both teachers and students? And the reason I'm saying this is because I know, you know, when basically it was announced that school wasn't going to be going back after spring break as normal, uh, I believe it was yourself who had kind of said, you know, if you're on track to pass, you're going to pass. And I know when I hear something like that, if I was in high school, that doesn't give me motivation to really do any work. And I know there's some teachers, right, really trying hard to present info to their students and, and still have some sort of a classroom setting when they are, you know, trying to do work at home. Um, you know, just what what is the motivation, I guess, for students? How do we kind of have that nice balance where teachers are still able to do their job and students are still actually learning, and yet, you know, maybe there is a bit of a lack of motivation now? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, most kids want to, intrinsically, they want to learn. Um, they enjoy learning. And um, we now have to deliver that differently. Uh, you know, just yesterday, we issued a province-wide license for interactive virtual classroom technology called the zoom many of your listeners will probably use it to interact with their families um that will be available shortly and you can conduct a classroom there's a virtual way to put your hand up and ask questions those sorts of things so teachers teachers can choose to use um, some of those things um in terms of you know what assessments or tests or grading or any of those things i mean look the teachers have a high degree of autonomy uh, and they're going to use their professional judgment to make sure that, uh, you know, what they're having students study for, uh, uh, you know, how, how it's made meaningful, how we get and motivate students to, to work. I, I know for students graduating, they, they still have another number of requirements they have to work on. Um, they're busy this time of year applying for colleges and universities. They should still do that. We're working with all the post-secondary institutions to make sure that uh, students who are normally given a conditional acceptance at this time of year based on the grades they've already earned uh, can continue to complete the things that will be required of them. 
Um, and and you, you mentioned the Zoom partnership that was just recently announced. Uh, maybe if you can get into a little more details around that. Uh, just I know it's uh, I've been using it myself to have you know meet up with uh, a lot of different friends over the course of a weekend, and you know you can have uh, yeah. depending on your your profile like up to like three hundred people on at a time. Not that any class is going to be that big, but you know clearly some good opportunities to have a nice group session. So I mean, uh, just tell me a little bit about the partnership. Why it was so important to be able to have that that partnership in place so you could still have you know a 20 30 person class if if you were able to get that many people to come in and focus and and you know is there any concern i guess when it comes to uh to the use of this technology sure sure yeah i mean i think one of the advantages of a, of a technology like that and, and we're not forcing any district or teacher to use any in particular some are using the microsoft platform and, and there are others available uh, but we did want to license it for districts that don't have anything in place right now and uh, teachers anywhere in BC can use it. Uh, the, the advantage is, I mean, one of the things we have to do and, and one of the things that schools provide in, in normal times is, is, a, is, a, is a place to gather, a place to interact with one's peers. And kids are going to, you know, if they haven't started to uh, feel a bit um, stir-crazy yet uh, with this extended spring break and finally getting back to a routine in their lives, it's going to get harder as time goes on. And I think... Uh, being able to connect uh, with their with with their fellow students, their friends from school, because they can't do it and be safe and physically distance, um, you know, under the advice of our provincial health officer. This this is a pretty good tool uh, to be able to do that. And uh, I know uh, people have used it, uh, have found it easy to use. That's one of the reasons we we sought the licenses, but also by getting a commercial license from Zoom, uh, we can make it safer. Uh, it has additional encryption. Uh, the server is in Canada, so in terms of, you know, sort of foreign uh, data gathering uh, concerns, uh, that's taken care of. Also, the students won't need a unique user ID. They just have to log on to a website for an individual um, class activity. So uh, in terms of, uh, again, privacy protections, uh, that is something that we explain to uh, BC's uh, information and uh, privacy protection officer. and. Uh, is part of the licensing, which I think is which I think is good. This is about keeping kids safe at home in a pandemic, and it's also keeping them safe online. Yeah, and it's also keeping them connected too, which I think is really key. Like I was saying exactly. off the top, right? I think uh, you know it could be hard for some kids to get motivated when you're sitting at home, but when you do get together with a with a group of your friends and you are learning together, I think that really helps with that uh, aspect of things as well. Um, yes, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, I also wanted to ask, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen. It doesn't look like we're going to be out of this sort of isolation period that we're in anytime soon. But there is still, you know, what are we in? Uh, we're in April. There's still, you know, a little over two months left of school. Is there any chance, I guess, that kids would, would go back to class? And that's probably more of a question for the health officer. But I guess if there was a yeah. chance they were to go back, uh, is there a plan in place to get things sorted out on a pretty rapid scale? We'd have to see. I, I think the school system, if, if that were deemed safe and, and directed by the provincial health officer, it's something that the school system could adapt to quite quickly. Um, I mean, I guess we have closer to three months of school uh, left yeah. when you take all of April, uh, May, and, and, and to the end of June. Um, I know students would love it if it was safe, too. The ones we, we talked about grade 12s to have a graduation ceremonies and all those sorts of things that are important. Um, so if it were, uh, you know, it will be based on safety. It will be based on where we are in fighting the pandemic. Um, and it will be based on um, 
you know, what, what meaningful service we could do if we could restore it and get it up running quick enough in the school system. I believe we could, but, you know, this is, this is a hypothetical question, so we'll, we'll have to wait on, mm-hmm. on what the science and the medical advice tells us. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, I'll get you out of here on this, Rob. I just wanted to ask a little bit about capital work that's going on uh, throughout the education sector in BC. We here in Kamloops uh, have a couple of projects. I know the Valley View expansion being the big one that's sort of kind of already underway. Um, also waiting on an announcement in terms of a replacement for, for Parkrest, which burned down early, uh, kind of in late in the summer, early fall. Um, just what is the protocol right now when it comes to capital work? Like, will work start? Or, are things continuing if they've already started? Do you know sort of what the plans are when it comes to capital projects? Yeah, projects that are underway should continue and are continuing. Um, you know, we're hearing in different parts of the province that things are slowing. Uh, there's less workers available in some cases. Uh, but, um, you know, that that's important to have that kind of continuity, and it's really important um, where we can continue uh, capital projects to to keep uh, people working at them. Of course, the uh, construction industry is is guided by WorkSafe, and the provincial health officers brought in some specific instructions around how to keep worksites safe, uh, prevent the transmission of COVID-19, and uh, and so job sites look a little bit different. Uh, but we're hearing everything from uh, projects being completely unaffected to uh, uh, slowing a bit and looking for a window to, to, to catch up. When we do get through the worst of this pandemic, when we can begin to uh, ease uh, social distancing uh, restrictions, I think you're going to see uh, the market response uh, pretty strongly to uh, workers coming back and, uh, and, and completing projects as fast as they can. Uh, has planning been significantly impacted? Like I said, I know we're waiting on a, a, park, a new Parkrest school, right, which is um, a, th- a thing that I think is going to be needed here in Kamloops, but obviously when we're yeah. dealing with a pandemic, stuff like that gets put on hold. So just curious kind of, you know, how, how has this impacted planning? Is this pushing stuff off already at this point, or is it too early to say? I can't speak to Parkrest uh, specifically. I, I just don't have an update on that, but I, I do know that there are some projects uh, both large and small, where um, there are concerns about going out to tender where there hasn't been anything awarded to a particular contractor, just to see what the market interest is like right now. But, um, you know, as I said, uh, in, in, in British, across British Columbia, most capital projects that are underway uh, at whatever stage they may be, pre-construction or, or construction, um, are continuing, and uh, districts are trying to see whether they can hold to original timelines, given that the market and construction practices have changed under the pandemic. Um, the need to be absolutely safe uh, does have a, a slowing tendency on, on work sites. Uh, but again, it depends on what, what stage uh, construction is at. And I think when it's you know the outdoor work versus uh, the finishing work, um, th- that tends to be less disrupted than, than, than sort of the final touches on projects. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, that's all I have for questions for you, Rob. Anything else that you want to add while I have you here? No, it just, uh, yeah, here, I would like to add, uh, I think uh, District 73 is doing a fantastic job. It's great to hear all the examples of uh, support staff and teachers working to distribute learning materials to kids in uh, in remote communities, rural communities, um, the old-fashioned way to hear their plans to distribute technology to kids that may not have that in their homes, and really supporting vulnerable kids who rely on the school system under normal circumstances uh, as part of their community, as part of how they get their nutrition. 
Uh, it's just great to see people stepping up, rising to the occasion. And, and Kamloops, I think, is a really good example, having come back from spring break earlier than most parts of BC, of how you get things done. And the leadership there has been excellent, both the superintendent and the board chair and trustees. So um, I, I take my hat off to, to Kamloops. They're, they're, they've really done an excellent job. This is new to everybody, unfamiliar terrain. And, uh, you know, they've just done a great job. They've, they've, they've been smart about how they do things. Well, thank you so much, Rob. I really do appreciate you taking the time to speak to me today. I think there's some good good information out there for, for parents, families, and teachers alike. So I really appreciate it. Yes, and uh, please direct people to go to Keep Learning uh, BC uh, for lots of learning activities for your kids. Good stuff, Rob. Thank you so much. That was Rob Fleming, Education Minister here in British Columbia.